Hello, and welcome to Character Count by at Twitter Business. I'm your host, at Joe Wadlington. Twitter is a lively, passionate place where people come to discover what is happening in their world. And we want to show you the creative ways that brands and businesses and people are using Twitter to connect and engage with audiences that matter the most to them. Each episode, I'm going to talk to the folks behind some standout advertising campaigns. And today, I'm so excited to talk to Matt Brooks. He's the social media manager behind Kinder, a campaign that Grindr, the mobile dating app geared towards queer men, ran to discuss issues of bullying and discrimination on their platform. The campaign has reached over 3 million viewers and has generated a ton of constructive conversation on Twitter. We're going to talk to Matt about what inspired Grindr to create such an evocative campaign, how they found the resources to make it work, and the big lessons he learned along the way. Matt, thank you so much for talking with us today. We're really excited to have you. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So what is Grindr? Grindr is a geolocation-based dating app for the queer community. Um, You can open the app and find people that are close to you and find all types of connections. Um, People use the app to chat with people, to find dates, to find romance, to find companionship of all types, whether it's for a night or a lifetime. And it is for the the queer community. Um, Primarily our audience is gay, bi, queer, trans, but that is developing and changing. And we are around the world in almost 200 countries globally. So Twitter is a really exciting place. The creativity is incredible. So I'd love to take a second to talk about your favorite meme of the moment. Mm -hmm. What is something that you've seen on Twitter lately that just made you actually laugh out loud? Um, Ariana Grande is obviously the biggest pop star of the moment. And Thank You Next is like breaking records for (laughs) being the best song of all time. Um, But... There's a lyric structure within it that goes, one taught me love, one taught me patience, one taught me pain. Uh Uh-huh. I love it. And what's something that has taught you love, patience, or pain? (laughs) I saw one that I really related to, and it was was cereal. So it was like, Cinnamon Toast Crunch taught me love. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Captain Crunch taught me pain Mm -hmm. because it, you know, tears up the roof of your mouth. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, Honey Bunches of Oats taught me patience. And you tweeted about Thank You Next, too, right? When Ariana Grande's album dropped, Thank You, Next, we were we literally just tweeted, Thank You, Next, and it was probably one of our highest engaged tweets of all time, and it was so simple, but it's because we're leaning into pop culture and we have a pulse on what's happening out there in the world. Everything wow. from politics to culture to what Beyonce did last night to <laughs> the queer take on the new Pikachu movie that just came out, <laughs> Why is Pikachu Gay? We have journalists around the world writing is for Pikachu us. Is Pikachu gay? I think the you'll have to go to Into. There are three thought pieces right now on the side of why Pikachu is telling a queer story. Um, I didn't think Pikachu was gay until I read it, and I'm like, I thought he was just electric type, but I guess that adds to it. He is powerful. He's a queer icon. Um, I don't want to gender Pikachu. Actually, I don't know how they identify, but yeah, I don't either. <laughs> so, a bit of context on the Kinder campaign. It's a series of photos and videos that were launched on Twitter where people who were discriminated against on Grindr because of their race or their body type got to address the audience directly about how that affects them as a person. 
Go back to Mexico. People like you are the reason that Ebola exists and I hope that you catch it and you die. You're such a dirty, disgusting rat from Southeast Asia. You look like you're on drugs. It's always my hair. I have a preference for light-skinned guys. BBC. No rice. Whites only. You, your people, all of it. Get out of my country. Matt, tell me the story of how Kinder came to be. I mean, it's just no secret that Grindr has a reputation of having some people on there that are toxic. The mm -hmm. no fats, no femmes, no Asians is unfortunately like a statement that people would literally put in their bio. For people who may not be aware, tell me more about no fats, no femmes, no Asians. Um, it's something that would be seen in bios. It's no longer allowed in your bio because we've updated our platform to uh, screen those things out. But previously, people would say no fats, meaning if you're fat, don't talk to me. Or if you're a femme, uh, a feminine person, and you're not masculine, um, I'm not interested in you. And we were like, no, let's take a stand against this and actually do something to create change. Um, and we had complete free creative reign to do what we wanted, which was amazing, because that doesn't wow. happen very often. And the Kinder campaign is so visually rich. Tell us more about what it looks like. Um, visually, we just wanted to go with a more luxe, rich route with our colors and textures. A light pink, um, some tan colors, and some darker browns. There's curtain backdrop with like velvety curtains. And then we had a carpet on the ground that was fuzzy and pink and makes you want to like curl up in a ball and like be cozy. Um, and then on top of the rug is a lit up pink clear box that says soap on it. So <laughs> we literally created a soapbox stand for people to stand on and um, declare their their mission and their statement. Yeah, it all looked so soft and really luscious and expensive. Like it was a very glamorous looking place um, and just a really cozy environment. Yeah, it's the magic of production. <laughs> um, but also the people on the stage were so beautiful themselves. So on top of these soapboxes were real grinder users um, and people from the queer community. That's what we wanted to do was showcase people's individuality and showcase that we have a diverse community. And um, yeah, we're not just one single vision of what a grinder user is. I was, I've been hooked on this campaign since the teasers because they were kind of mysterious. Tell me more about the teasers that were put out. And so we did five teasers for each of the five topics of sexual racism, um, transphobia, femme shaming, body shaming, and HIV stigma. Um, no faces were in them. It was sort of just like ambiguous close-ups, um, close-up of a body, um, a close-up of a shoulder, a close-up of a mouth with lipstick, a close-up of two guys holding hands. And there were a lot of textures as well. I saw a close-up of, it looked like feathers, or a close-up of kind of like a suede. Mm -hmm. And because this was a video campaign that was on Twitter, seeing so much movement and rich depth, I had never thought about how flat an app can look. Having just a video of texture was really interesting, and I'd never thought about that until I saw the Kinder campaign. So video is huge on Twitter. It's our fastest expanding product. Whenever we do a survey of to get new metrics about video, we always do it more than once because we're always shocked. We're like, there's no way the numbers could be this good. And then we check it and verify it with our data scientists and it's always true. And this was largely a video campaign. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about what it was like to launch a video campaign on Twitter. So launching the campaign was amazing because there's just so much more you can do with video. Um, out of everything, our video content performed the best versus the static content. And did you put the full-length videos on Twitter, or were they on your website, or where did they live? Um, the full videos were on YouTube. 
um, because they were longer form. We did create shorter versions for all the other platforms as well. Um, but one of the really exciting things about working at Grindr is the power of the app and the reach that the app has as well. So we didn't just launch this on social, but we pushed all of the videos and all of the messaging within the app directly to our users, which hits over 3 million people a day. Wow. Um, so with the like powerful, massive reach and power that Grindr has, we were able to spread this message directly to people around the world. Best practices? You have to catch people's attention right away. So our videos were very hard hitting from the get go. We used sound bites that were the most catchy and most interesting and like attention worthy. It is a truly disruptive type of campaign from its DNA. And one of the things that stuck out to me is that the people who have been the most abused on the platform are exactly the people you made the hub of this campaign, which is just doesn't happen. That's something in Marketing 101, they say, you know, if you have something happen, you, you put your comms people on it to avoid it, to repackage it, to explain it to everyone, but you don't pull the most injured people into the spotlight. And for the Kinder campaign, you had the people at the center of it talking about the pain that they had seen. So tell me more about the discussions that were happening in deciding to bring those people into the very middle of your campaign. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a risk with highlighting the negative experiences that people have on your app. Um, but we are trying to kind of help our community grow up in a way and really affect long-term behavior change. If Grindr was just saying, hey, be kind to each other, it wouldn't have the impact of uh, the impact that it did by giving it to the real people experiencing these issues. Yeah, and I love how that comments on the broader argument that I think every dating app is having. It's easy to forget that these are real people mm -hmm. on the other side of the bio, on the other side of the message. And so by bringing the people and making it a video campaign really helps remind people of that. Yeah, completely. I think it creates a much more meaningful, authentic experience versus just a brand talking at you. What was surprising about the process of this campaign? I guess I was just surprised about the amount of effort that everyone had to put into this because it is more than just an ad campaign. This is people's livelihoods at stake and their emotions wow. and their feelings. It's It was a huge thing that we were committing to addressing. And I also use the app. And it's not just a job I, I do when I leave. Like It comes with me because it's in my pocket all the time. Um, and I think this campaign is also the same way. It's like we're we're talking about things that people face on a daily basis, discrimination, um, whether it's on an app or in real life. So I think um, the emotional investment was a lot more than I thought it would be um, in a good way. Mm -hmm. It helped me grow as a person. Wow. What were the biggest roadblocks? Well, we didn't really hold back from having the hard conversations or saying things that aren't really advertising friendly. Um, so I think one of the roadblocks was promoting this content mm. on other platforms because there are guidelines that other apps and uh, social networks have that you have to abide by to to boost content or put money behind it. And I would I would boost something and then it would get disapproved and then have to try to appeal it, saying like we're talking about discrimination in a good way to get people to pay attention to it. Um, but I think the algorithms and the people monitoring this just would flag our stuff as inappropriate, um, which unfortunately happens with a lot of LGBTQ content across the internet. Hopefully it's changing. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a roadblock that we hit with this, and we, we do continue to hit still this day. Was there ever a moment when it was brought up that 
the campaign was too risky or that it shouldn't have been done or the idea of pulling it back a little bit? No, not at all. We we committed to it and we we wanted to tell these stories the way we produce them and not have to, you know, water anything down for advertising purposes. What was different about having the campaign be on Twitter? Well, Twitter itself is an amazing platform because it is very conversational and people go there to share their opinions and their beliefs and Twitter was perfect for that because this is a conversation. We would see comments that were maybe somewhat negative or maybe people didn't understand why we're doing this. And the amazing thing is Twitter users that understood would come in, help them understand why this matters. And and that was incredible. What was the most surprising feedback you got? I think the most surprising feedback is from people that don't use the app. If you're gay, you know what Grinder is, but not necessarily everyone else knows what we're doing. So to hear other people that work in advertising at other brands that aren't queer focused hear about the campaign was surprising and amazing. What surprises me is when I go to a, a bar maybe and I meet someone and I say I work at Grindr and they're like, I don't use it, but I heard about this amazing campaign you did. Wow. Um, that's the surprising impact that it's had on me. So then what's next? After this huge campaign, it's gone very well. Uh, what can Grinder do? Will Kinder continue for a long time? Will it get even bigger? Tell me more. Well, this whole campaign has opened up our eyes to a lot of other things we want to talk about. So my hope and goal with our content is to tell more stories around the world. People that are gay that use the app in India use it differently than they do here. And I want to share that story. And, um, you know, in places where it's not safe to be gay or queer and you can get imprisoned for it. Um, Grinder is a place that's a safe space for people where they can't walk around and hold hands with their partner or the person they love or they can't go to a bar down the street and find like-minded people. People think of Grinder as this hookup app, but there's so much more to it and it's our job to educate people and let them know that we have a big community and everyone uses us differently. So telling those stories is definitely what we want to do next. We're nearly out of time, but I wanted to end with a few fun questions. Matt, what is your favorite Twitter tip? Engage with people. Respond to people. People like it when you talk back to them, even if it's something simple and playful. Like, people will make grinder jokes and tag us all the time, and it's so silly, and when I respond, they, like, live for it. So I would say engage with people, because that's what they want to see. They want to know that someone's behind it and is going to talk back to them. I had a grinder tweet just two days ago and it's one of my most engaged with already people love to talk about grinder <laughs> what is your favorite life tip Ooh, favorite life tip this is getting profound um do what makes you happy like do what's going to make you feel happy and liberated and don't conform to what people are going to tell you to do because they you think that's what's going to make you happy? Just, like, live your best life. What is a, a marketing takeaway you could give our listeners from this? I would say take the risk to give the mic to your users and don't try to be so controlling of your message. Your users are your audience. So I think what was really successful for us was, was doing just that, casting real people, telling the real stories, and I think it had a profound effect by not just us talking to people, but by giving our users the soapbox. Thank you yes. so much, Matt Brooks, for joining us today. It was a pleasure. You had so much marketing expertise to give us. The Kinder campaign is incredible, and I hope that everyone goes online to find it. Where can they see more of it? They can see it on Twitter, 
and all the social medias and on YouTube, um, search Kinder Grinder and you'll find it. Engage in the conversation. We want to hear from you. Search Kinder Grinder and definitely go to Into as well to read some incredible publications. Check it out. Follow at Grinder on Twitter, follow at Into on Twitter. And what is your handle, Matt? Matt Brooks, M A T T E Brooks. Silent E. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was a special experience, and I'm honored to be here. It's inspiring to hear all the ways that brands and people use Twitter to get their message out. But how do those ads actually work? How do you set up a campaign? So I have a customer success person internally at Twitter here to explain some of the specifics. And since Twitter is all about live and in the moment, I haven't told them why they're here. So we're going to see how they are on the spot. My name's Elaine Jones. Um, I, I like cats and dogs and whales. Um, I'm a customer success specialist at Twitter, and we help people run um, successful ad campaigns. Incredible. So you're a Twitter expert. I would say so, yeah. Confidently. <laughs> Incredible. Now, are you a bit alarmed and uncomfortable by the situation I'm putting you in? Uh, slightly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have some rapid-fire questions for your expertise. Okay. What is a website card? A website card is a, an ad unit. So you basically can upload your own media and um, a headline and a link that'll go into your tweet and um, it kind of it gives the tweet like this cleaner look, I think, um, and it it drives more clicks because the link is very um, obvious at the bottom of the website card. What is a video website card? Just that same thing. It's a website card, but the media is a video. Um, the cool thing about those is that you when you click on the link, it opens the web page in the Twitter app, so you don't actually leave Twitter. If you close out the web page, it'll just go down and you'll be right back in the Twitter app. What's a website clicks or conversions campaign? Um, that is a campaign you would run if you're trying to get clicks to your website. Uh, you'd upload your media. You could use a, a website card. What's a promoted tweet? A tweet that you've put dollars behind um, to get it uh, promoted to like a greater audience than just your uh, followers. Elaine, thank you so much for sharing your Twitter expertise with us today. I think we all learned a lot, but I would love if you could leave us with one last Twitter tip. So what is your favorite Twitter tip? My favorite Twitter tip is um, if you're trying to drive uh, clicks to your website, always use a website card. It performs really well. Um, that's like my favorite optimization tip to give. Character Count is a production of Pod People for at Twitter Business. This episode was hosted by me, Joe Watlington. Our executive producer is Rachel King. This episode was produced by Holden Mary and Jesse Carrier and edited by Joanna Clay. Music by Annalise Nelson and Dax Schaefer. Special thanks to Marissa Window, Lindsay Bruce, and the entire Twitter customer success team. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow at Twitter Business for incredible tips on Twitter ads, marketing best practices, or follow me at Joe Wadlington for tweets about Janelle Monet's clothes. Have a great day.